from the Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lounge J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. Coming to you live from Paragon 7 Studios in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. You listen to Lance J Radio Network. This is a HealthCast version of, of, of our franchise. We, we're in the process of continuing to expand our footprint, both here in Nashville locally and on a national level. So we want to continue to bring in superstars, people that influence healthcare, people that influence social determinants of health. I uh, got my, my, my right hand, David Meyer, with us this week, and, and he's brought uh, a guest that is one of the CEOs here locally in, in Nashville, Jason Rose, um, a very a very interesting individual, a renaissance man, CEO of uh, Adhere Health, which is a pharmaceutical. Uh, they work specifically with, with uh, Part D on, on the Medicare Advantage line of business uh, and a myriad of other things. So it's great to have you here uh, hanging out with us. On, on a weekend, and, and thank you, David, for, for, for coming in. Um, so let's let's get right into it, gentlemen. You guys are quiet. Where's the where's the dude, man? It's really early on a, on a weekend so, morning, man. It's uh, the coffee's. You're not wired already, are you? Nah. Okay, I'm just making sure. Just making sure. But yeah, it's uh, fantastic having you guys in. So anytime we have a, uh, you know, I wanted to start. We always want to talk about uh, when we have people that come on the show. I want to want, want to give them an opportunity on the platform to talk about their company. Um, so, Jason, I'll start with you. What what does Adhere Health do? What would you say your core competencies are, and, and what are some of the things you're doing here in Nashville and in the community? Uh, tell us a little bit about your your backstory and, and your career arc. And I know you're an a Novalon guy, uh, which means that you probably have a lot of nice, really nice suits and, and pair of shoes. <laughs> Good-looking guys, and people come in and uh, they take you out to the to the two hundred dollars steakhouse and, and three hundred really, bottles of wine. They make it. They, they 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 bring out the bottles of wine and the bottles of tequila and all of that stuff. The, the matching that's, belt. That's the too. other side. The that's the other side of too. healthcare that, yeah. that people don't see uh, that aren't deep into it. But tell us a little bit about it at Here Health. I've I've talked to you and, and know what you guys are about. But but tell yeah. the audience about yeah what you guys. Are about. Yeah, first of all, thanks for inviting me on the show, right. James. He's uh. uh Wonderful view I'm watching in oh, Nashville, yeah. downtown. It's a beautiful city. Yeah, Predators won last beautiful night, so they're city. still in it. So that's great. Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself. I've been in healthcare my entire career. Right. So um, started in healthcare in the 90s when uh, there was no healthcare tech space. Before it was cool. Before it was cool. Before it was even, uh, what is healthcare tech? There was right. no healthcare tech because healthcare is like decades behind everyone else. And so uh, got into healthcare tech in the 90s and, and then uh, spent... Uh, the last, first 15 years in the provider side, working at Cerner Corporation and right. Ernst and & Young and I know really and came I know up Ernst through IT. Yeah. Um, I've been on the, the, the still toe end of the boot from Ernest & Young on, on audits before. Um, and then I've been, you know, I've had a lot of experience. It wasn't both, me. But both Epic and Cerner. Um, Cerner, I've always, I was, Cerner was good. I was always able to get my charts out of Cerner. Yeah. Epic, not so much. No, a lot Epic's, of trouble getting Epic's myself out there. a different story. They but they won. They're getting better. They, they say won. they're getting At better. At that point in time, Epic wanted you to sell them your soul to be oh, able yeah. to get charts out of Epic. You know, they wanted they wanted a kidney, they wanted dibs on the liver. Yep. 
Um, they 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 wanted the gallbladder. They wanted everything. I thought they were interoperable with everybody. Uh, yes, and that's, that was not my personal experience, but uh, but I'm sure they've done a whole lot since then. So this was many years ago. Not many. First getting, not many. Changes. This is when they were first getting started up with Cure Everywhere. Cure Thirty billion dollars of stimulus, right. and everyone's fixed. Right. For EHRs. So um, and then I got into healthcare pair space. All right. Uh, for the uh, last 15 years, 15, nice. uh, value-based care. It's my sweet spot. It's right. what I love. Uh, focusing on... Um, now, tell tell, tell the audience. So, you're looking at it from a macro CEO, um, you know, big picture perspective. Tell, Explain to someone just driving around Nashville listening on WVOL, all 22,000 of them, because that's how many people listened to the show the last couple of weeks, so we're pulling a pretty good number. I had to pluck myself there shamelessly. But give a layman that's not a healthcare expert, what is value-based care? How does it impact just uh, Joe Fan that's on Medicare or on some type of employer group? How does, how does value-based care impact them? Yeah, it's really important. So in the world of healthcare, um, up until value-based care, basically if you are a doctor or a hospital, you get paid what's called fee-for-service, right. which means I go to the hospital, I get a doctor appointment, I get a procedure done, and I'm a doctor or I'm in the hospital, I charge you a fee for my service and it's unlimited. I just keep charging you and I keep making more money right. and I just make a lot of money. Value-based care is more about, I'm going to pay, the health insurance is going to pay the provider based on the quality of care that the individual receives. So the better the quality of care measured by data and analytics, the better uh, quality you're receiving. Right. And then, therefore, that's how much money they make. And that's really where we need to head to is not this um, unlimited bank account of fee-for-service. Value-based care is really important. Because of fee-for-service, like let's say I have, you know, I'm a diabetic or if I have asthma or something, you know, I'm an asthmatic. In fee-for-service, if I go to the doc, if, I'm, if I can't breathe eight times and I go to the ER every month because I'm having an asthma issue, the provider actually gets paid more. They're actually incentivized for me not Keep to control back. my asthma. Yeah, another um, asthma or attack. Or my diabetes. Come on back. Or if I'm washing up in the ER because my blood sugar is spiking or whatever. Right. Um, you know, my blood pressure is 200 over 120. But in a in a value based model, the incentive is for the provider. You know, from a reimbursement standpoint, to help the individual control their chronic illnesses. So they're they're not washing up in the ER and not having to have inpatients. Right. So how does Adhere Health? Um, what are some of the programs that your organization runs? to ensure that members with the people, um, the different organizations that you work with, that their members uh, maximize and, and minimize their uh, exposure to ER visits and stuff yeah. like that. Well, let, let's just start with the big problem. The big problem in, in healthcare is people don't take their medications. Right. And so right. that's a half a trillion dollars a year, every year, that people don't take their medications. And Half that, a trillion meaning that it, they order it and don't take it or just... They end up in the gap. hospital. Mm, they are the in the hospital. Cost. I didn't know it's, it was that much money. Is, wow. uh, the, yeah, Annals of Pharmacotherapy 2018 study on 2016 data, $528 billion. And so wow. it's probably closer to a trillion at this point. So it's half a trillion. 16, That's just waste in the system. You just know, we talked about, David, that waste. last time you were here, we yeah. talked about healthcare being, healthcare being um, uh, approaching 20% of GDP. Crazy. So this is just... With that, which is huge, you're saying that there's a half a trillion dollars is just being thrown out. So it's yeah. just waste. 16% of the U.S. healthcare economy well, is on so we talk medication about, adherence. So when we talk about needs to make um, America whole, 
from a financial standpoint, this is obviously a huge. It's issue. massive. Yes. And no one talks I about it. I never knew it was. I've never heard of it. Right. And, and you guys have both been in healthcare, right. you know, your whole careers too. Right. Or, yeah. And it's, it's, it is literally one of the largest problems in healthcare today. Wow. Is medication adherence. So 50% of patients on whatever chronic disease is also a stat. Uh, don't take their drugs 50% of the time. So if you don't, and if you don't take your drugs 80% of the time, you're not going to have um, good quality of care. Right. Yep. And so that's in the, going back to value-based care. That's as an example, Medicare Advantage, as you know, James, is um, they measure um, on medication adherence. So um, 52% of the $7 billion Medicare Advantage bonus pool is on medication-related issues mm. because of the massive problem there. So the yeah. government actually gets it in this yeah. particular point. Yeah. Medication adherence was so when I was um, – like David, when I was running a STARS team and, and responsible for STAR ratings, um, I could never get over the hump in medication adherence. Uh, my, I have always had multiple plans. Always had good ratings, but it's getting that one or two extra percent that I need to get people on a statin. I need to get people on their diabetes drugs. I need yeah. to get people on their hypertensive drugs. Right. Um, MTM, you know, I always, it was that last push that, that I always struggled to get what is at Here Health? I think that you focus on really. Do you do you call people? Do you partner up with Kroger's and some of the large uh, public, some of the large uh, pharmacies? What what do you do to actually help get that oomph? I mean, I think for for layman's, once again, the star ratings are are really kind of. I think the star ratings as a report card. Uh, where risk adjustment is the pure money play. You know, it's yep. just eight, one plus one equals two. So the coefficient for diabetes with complications is point. 306, I believe. And you know, based on your bid, how much money you're getting back from the government. STARS is a report card, but it's graded on a curve. Right. So you could be an 85 with a measure, you come back as your 88, but you're a four-star at 85, you're a three-star at 88 because everybody else is now a 92. Very competitive. What are, what are some of the things that you do to, to get that last couple of percent? Yeah, so um, it, these are, so the STAR rating's been around since 08. It started counting for money in 10 with Obamacare and ACA. So that's seven billion dollars a year. So it's a very competitive environment, and so that last and it used you, to be all heatus almost. When used to be all heatus, right? If you just kept someone's A1C like under you, eleven, yeah, well, you and, get and, your and, it was and, like uh, just get your test and you're, you're good. Right. And, and now it's, shifting it's so easy. Pharmacy and satisfaction. When you right. say Jason, Absolutely. that's the big story. Patient now. experience is thirty two percent, and are right. people taking their right. their medication? And that's a whole right. different frontier because. It's not that hard in most markets. You know, some markets in, in rural areas or really uh, urban areas where there's maybe not transportation or education or people yeah. are in food deserts. But in a typical suburban plan, you could keep someone's A1C under nine. That's just saying that they take their insulin or take whatever. Um, but now you got to keep their A1C under nine and they have to enjoy experience. They have to be happy. About right. It. They have to yeah. be happy about their that's plan, a, their doctor, that's a different, that's and their pharmacy plan. That's a different, that's a different. 32% of the rating is patient experience. Right. Am I satisfied with my doctor? Am I satisfied with my prescription drug program? Am I satisfied with my health plan? So what do we do? You yeah, what do you do question. to enhance the patient? Yeah. So that, you know, you think about it, it's not easy anymore. Those star ratings are really hard. And so what, what is the reason why people don't take their medications? What is the reason why they're not happy with their plan, their doctor, or the prescription drug program they're in? And, and a lot of it has to do with, I, I think of it as a Maslow hierarchy of needs of healthcare. You got food insecurity. Yeah. You have issues with transportation, issues with access to my doctor. You've got uh, health literacy problems. 
Uh, I know we'll you know, get into COVID later. You got vaccination hesitancy. So you got all these issues that are called social determinants of health. And if I'm, a, if I'm someone who um, doesn't have food in my fridge, I don't give a you know, crap about some drug I can't afford. Thank you for censoring yourself. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll watch the myself. FCC fine I, I, yeah. for, I'm watching your PG-13 rating here. Is, is, is $30,000. Dude, yeah. dude, dude, man, I really worked on it, too. No, yeah. I'm, David, I'm I so thought about it for a because, second. Because when, when we go to lunch and dinner... A lot of complete after over after after we really build this thing up, we're going to have to do an exclusive, uncensored part that's not oh, for man. terrestrial radio. People's ears will bleed. We can put on XM or something like that, um, and, and let the ears bleed. But I'm sorry, to interrupt yeah. So we yeah. So uh, so at Hear Health, so we we work with managed care companies and employers and um, uh, providers who take risk. Anyone who's on who's responsible for the value based care dollar. Because it really, a lot of it starts with the money at the end of the day. And so we focus on getting access to all the data on a daily basis of all the drugs, the med- uh, medical issues, the uh, eligibility issues, the hospital discharges. And then we reach out to the patients with our telepharmacy team. All right. Uh, so we've got about 1,000 uh, clinicians that work for us across the country. Or, with, or we have clinicians just using our SaaS platform or technology platform nice. called the Adhere platform. And they reach out to these patients and they, they talk to them about what's the problem uh, in their environment. And we look to overcome food insecurity, access, okay. uh, uh, understanding why they are prescribed these drugs. They just got discharged from the hospital yesterday, making sure they know not to take the statin they used to be on, right. take the statin that they were just prescribed. It's called a post-discharge medication reconciliation. Nice. These are the issues that cause these huge healthcare issues. And we, we uh, use a CRM system that we built uh, to focus on the patient to get them to uh, have the understanding of why they should take these drugs, help them get the food in their fridge, help okay. them get transportation, help them understand the health plan benefits, use community and local uh, uh, community social services to uh, to benefit them so that they can get adherent to their medications. Oh. So those are all really awesome things. So that's a that's a great start. Uh, great job of setting it up. I, I want to get in when we come back, David. Want to get into some of the the social determinants of health because I think that what Adhere Health does is they they are frontline warriors in this battle. But there's so many different layers. There's so many different levels yeah. to this. Uh, you talked about food insecurity, and I think that that's that's a huge thing that health plans are just really starting to, to delve into in organizations like yours. So we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back with more The Lance Day Show after these messages. You are listening to The Lance J Radio Network. Lance J here for Industrious Office Space here in Nashville. I'm constantly getting DMs and emails about the beautiful panoramic offices that we lease downtown overlooking the Music City. Industrious's offices and suites inspire productivity 
and their modern design and anonymities are unparalleled. They have a great staff and flexible lease options of three, six, and 12 months. Moving into our space has been the best decision I have made since becoming an entrepreneur. If you want to absolutely blow away your clients and turn your small business into a large business, go to www.industriousoffice.com and schedule a tour of the downtown Union Street or Gulch office. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. If you're a man, you don't cry about it. You take life, the ups and downs. If you're a real man, you never go down, you just stay up. That's why I'm the world champion. That's why this sport gold costs $800, and that costs 200 And I don't know what that costs, I'd be ashamed to wear it. That's why I'm wearing lizard shoes and a Rolex watch, and I got a limousine sitting out there a mile long with 25 women just dying for me to go, woo! Because I'm the world champion, sucker. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. who struggle to manage chronic illness such as diabetes, COPD, and hypertension also live within food deserts. U.S. Hunger provides healthy nutrition to families and communities. That right here in Nashville as well. To hear more about our Food is Medicine program, go to ushunger.org. That's ushunger.org. I think that's a pretty good segue. Uh, it's, it, no, it, it, I'm like, I never get tired of listening to you talk about food, James, because, I oh, mean, man. it's... Look, it's just, this is where it's at, right? I mean, you, you're not doing the healthcare stuff. You're not doing the stuff for your family. You're not doing your kids' education right. if you're more worried about food. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you, how, it's just like, what's I more think Jason, fundamental than that? Jason set, up a, set it up great. So, just the whole concept you're trying to get somebody to take a statin. And you, you're trying to get somebody to take a, a get a 90 day refill for a statin. And they're they're only eating once every other day. I mean, they're not taking not, the damn statin. That's not that's not a top priority no. for yeah. anyone that's in that situation. I think health plans they're growing in in in. I mean, I think they have more people, more leaders like Jason, more leaders like yourself. They have a lot of influence. But I've been in health plans that are completely oblivious to the fact it's just we have people washing up in the ER, and you get a caseworker out there and realize that. Their insulin, they don't have no heat. So their insulin's going bad by the end of the month. So they don't have insulin that they can use by the 15th, 16th, 20th of the month. And their insulin's useless. The issue isn't that the person is not compliant. The issue is that the person doesn't have any freaking electricity. You know, I, so, I mean, a brilliant point, right? And, and, and I was thinking, James, if it's okay, oh. you know, I, that last segment, we went, through, it was dense, right? We went through some quality stuff. We, we talked about uh, adherence. We talked about a bunch of detail. And I just want to take a second and break this down. Absolutely. For, like my fellow Tennessean, my fellow Nashvilleian rolling around in their car listening to this show. You think about what health plans, if you want to know like what your insurance company, company X, really cares about, right? 
thinking back to what Jay, uh, Jason was talking about. It's, it's you're happy and you're doing the stuff that your doctor wants you to do, right? right? Those are the two things. They all roll up into that. So withholding your happiness. So you're, you're wondering, how do, I, how do I deal with my bureaucratic, intense right. insurance company? That's right. How do, I, how do I try to have some influence over them? Right. Withholding your happiness yep. is, is one of the most powerful things. You're not going to be able to go back to a health plan. <laughs> well, no, no, I, yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, but, but sincerely, I mean, like, they, they want you to be happy. They want you yep. to, to, to take your meds Secret and sauce. buy the stuff. And, and that sauce. is, for the person driving around Nashville, knowing that, I mean, if you're not happy, yep. don't pretend you are. That's true. Because what you're doing is you're giving up your your voice. Yeah. Your power. Right, your power. And the voice is so important. And I and I like that about, it's, it made it hard on us as healthcare executives. But for the members, that's what I got into this for the members. I didn't that's get right. into this for the bonuses, for the executive titles. I got in it to help people out. And if you're not listening to people, that's right. And if they don't have any power, and I think CMS has made a lot of mistakes over the years. But that's one of the better things they've done, in my opinion. They've said I we're agree. giving we're giving the power to the member. I agree. We're not gonna we're not gonna pay you just for rolling out of bed and keeping someone from having a stroke or or going into stage four kidney disease. They actually have to have a good experience. They they need to be treated with dignity and with respect. And, 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 yeah, like you're saying, the government's listening, and because of that, uh, you know, your health insurance company, they, they have to listen, right? right? A lot wanted to listen anyway, to right. be fair. Um, but it doesn't matter whether you wanted to or not now. Right. You have to. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, listening to this show, thinking, what does this mean for me? Well, this means that if you have an, you know, you have an issue, you have a challenge, you have a problem, don't let that go. Don't, don't. Don't self-censor. Share that. Share it loud. You know, be be honest. And I I think that's one of those places where you're going to get uh you know with the the new government focus you're going to get play on that. Mm. I think that's a that's a that's a that's a very very good point that you make. I want to want to shift a little bit. We've talked so. I was telling David this story, Jason. Um, I have a lot of people. In my African American friends, a lot of people uh, in my community, people that I went to school with, people in my family, in, in some cases, anti-vaccine, don't want to take the vaccine. Yeah. I've had people who I'm friends with call me a sheep for taking it. Um, people I've been upset because I've uh, been focusing on helping uh, organizations like yours with campaigns here in Nashville to vaccinate people. And people just vehemently, how can you do that? People, you know, you grew up in the same religious kind of background. This is a mark of the beast. It's the it's the it's a chip. Uh, there's a, they're putting a magnet in your right. in your shoulder, and you can go to your kitchen and put the magnet that that you use to put your kids' grades on, and it will stick to your shoulder. And it's very funny. Um, I was telling someone because I have friends that 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 do that, and. I usually don't spaz out on people personally because that's not really the type of energy that I like to bring. But I had I had a couple friends in particular. I was just like, look, bro, I'm on your Instagram page and you're having the Hennessy and Fruit Loops breakfast. Don't tell me about what you're putting in your body and how you've made superior decisions 
It's just like you are perks, you are Molly, you're 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 drinking Patron at eleven in the morning. You you have the liquid lunch. It's just like people everybody goes into this whole thing where where they're some type of health guru. It's just like, oh well, I can never put something like that into my body because it it changes your DNA and it's and, and all of this stuff. That's an extreme and kind of and kind of anecdotal and, and funny example of interactions I've had with people. But the concern is that there's so many people, and I'm talking about my community, I'm talking about the black community. Um, WVOL is an urban station. People are, are, are don't trust the healthcare system. Yeah. And in many cases, they shouldn't necessarily trust the healthcare system. Um, I've talked to organizations that said, hey, James, can you help us reach out to the urban community? And I was like, I'm happy to do that. But what's your plan after you get the shots in arms? Because yeah. if you're just getting the shots in arms, because you want herd immunity, you don't really give a bleep about what happens after people go back into their poor diet, poor access right. to, to, to exactly medication. Right. That's right. Um, as me and you know, David, the, the frequent flyers, people who are not adherent, the people that we know need to be on these drugs. We know in three years they're going to be a, a catastrophe. Yep. And we're just praying that we've gone on to another job yep. when, when that person uh, goes into the tank. Yep. I, I, the importance of having people like you, Jason, and, and David, What's your advice to not just the African-American community and Latino community, people in general that don't believe in the vaccines? What do you think we need to do as healthcare leaders to encourage this? I don't shame people who don't want to take it. I had people come on the show and say they don't want to take the vaccine. They're expecting me to lecture them. I said, I'm not going to lecture you. It's your body. It's um, you have to do what's best for your body. It's my job to work with people that I know to show solidarity that we can help educate people yeah. on why they should take the vaccine, yeah. but you have a choice to make. How does that all come together here in Nashville and abroad? I mean, both of you have national perspectives, but you have local perspectives as, yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, two issues here, misinformation yeah. and missing information. Yeah, that's great. They don't have the, they don't know. See, he's so, good. That's why he's a yeah, CEO. He's a they CEO. don't know. Yeah, they don't know. Good. And, and so how, and, and to me, it, it, it's your, 100% spot on, James. I wrote a blog in April of 2020, mm -hmm. and I said, we need to focus on, not to go back a bit, but we need to focus on the patients that are going to be most at risk for COVID are the same patients who don't take their medications right. today because of these issues with social deterrence. And we saw health. that. Those it's are the people that died. Yeah. The and then nine months later, the stage, CDC yeah. comes out and say, right. hey, it's guess what? 94% of the people right. who passed away actually had underlying conditions. They didn't die of COVID. They right. died of the underlying right. condition. Right. And if they had been taking their meds, right. they probably wouldn't have yep. gone, gone to the hospital to begin with. Right. And so these are the same patients, the same beneficiaries who aren't getting vaccinated. And so to me, this is, an, is a pinnacle, right. it's a huge opportunity right point. now, is that it's not just about getting vaccinated, it's about actually fixing the healthcare system and getting these patients their, their food, their correct shelter, safe shelter, it's actually access, it's their medications. It's the same exact thing. COVID is just the, an example and it's misinformation and missing information. And so uh, I think, you know, starting with data, you know, focus on where are the pockets. So I, I think about this, uh, James, um, herd immunity, which herd? So it, the herd immunity in, I live in, you know, Williamson County in uh, Nashville area. And I'd say that herd's probably Pretty strong right. in terms of vaccination. Right. But you go to places like Portland, Tennessee, yeah. 
rural Tennessee. It's like 10, 12,000 people live there. So then uh, the state average, Dave was telling me a few minutes ago, was uh, 30, 30. A little over 30%. 30% of the state is vaccinated. But that's not, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's not a good number because that doesn't really tell the it's truth. It's skewed. I mean, I mean that it's means it's totally half in skewed. Nashville. But then, like you said, you go an hour outside of Nashville. It's 10%. Portland, it could be 10%. 10% you know, in Portland. Yeah, and so the, most of the school system, the teachers are not vaccinated. So the kids are actually doing homeschooling, remote learning, because, they, because the teachers aren't vaccinated. I think like 70% of the teachers are not vaccinated in Portland, Tennessee. And there's one pharmacy there, uh, and it takes about two weeks to get an appointment. And even with all the supply issues, uh, it, it's all about, it's about access, right. it's va vaccine hesitancy. And it's and, such a simple, it's funny you mentioned that. When I went to get mine, I went to, um, I live out like right at the, um, border between Hendersonville and Gallatin. Right. And I went to the community college in Gallatin. And it was such an easy process. You just pull up. There's a yep. military police there. They yep. give you your card. I went to the they, same place. They give you the vaccine. I know exactly what you're talking about. You sit there for 10 minutes, see if you're going to anaphylaxis, and then you're on your way. It was, it was such an easy yep. process. I don't think that people especially in urban communities, I don't think that people know how easy the process is. And I'm not even sure, maybe me and my suburban, maybe it's a more difficult process, like if you're down on Wedgwood or something and you're trying to get it. But I think the key, misinformation. Misinformation, and I don't want to go political, but with the campaign, coming off the heels of a campaign, there's so much misinformation being thrown out from Democrats, from Republicans, from everybody. It's it's someone's lying, and then two two wrongs make a right. So I'm gonna lie. I'm gonna outlie you, <laughs> yeah. and and have another lie. And we start politicizing things that, in my opinion, are not political. It has that's nothing right. to do. I just want people to be healthy. I don't care that's red right. state, right. blue state, black, white, Asian. I want everyone to be healthy. Right. I don't want people. And like you said, if you have diabetes, if you have cancer, if you have something, how can you how can you be in a on a respirator on on a respirator? And they're trying to monitor your breathing and your blood sugar is 602 and live. That doesn't make any sense. Your blood pressure is yeah, you're in 230 trouble. over, over or you're obese or, or, or you're, or you're, you know, morbidly obese. You right. already have all of these other things going on. So they, people say that the numbers of COVID are skewed, but COVID does something different to your body. If you're not healthy, a healthier person, probably not going to have issues as, as we've seen. But it's that cohort of people that really are struggling, in my opinion, that especially need to take the vaccine. And unfortunately, in the African-American communities, we see higher rates of diabetes, higher rates of obesity, higher rates of hypertension. We see those in the Latino communities as well. So to me, it's like my people have to get the vaccines. I don't want to see my people, my community yeah. dying from this. Um, and, it's, and, it, and it blows me away. Um, gentlemen, when I see people spreading the misinformation, because yeah. you're just because you're healthy and you do yoga and you run four miles every day, you're spreading something that other people don't have the health assets that you have, and you're actually robbing them That's right. of their ability to make a reasonable decision. Yeah. Now you, you think, James, you think about um, like vaccines for kids, right? And then there's some kids that struggle with a, like a, a immune compromised. Right. Right. Uh, system, right. right? They can't. They can't do the vaccine. Can't do it. So what you need, someone with sickle cell, something about like that. In yeah, public yeah, health, they talk about herd immunity, right? Everybody hears that. So, so again, just just to kind of break this down for you, what that is is about eighty-five to ninety percent of people. That's what that. I didn't means. even know what that. 
Yeah. So if if we got if we get about eighty five to ninety percent of people to have a vaccine, usually that thing that pathogen can't work its way through the population anymore. It doesn't spread. So you can always have a small percentage of people that can't take a vaccine. Right. Hold back. But what it requires is the rest of us to take it. Right. And so I know the three of us on this show this morning took it. Yep. Wasn't fun. Uh, got sick. Yeah, I felt both like times. Yeah. Right. I I actually, oh, you I, got sick the first time. I, I thought I, I got sick. The I first thought I was the time, only man. person that got sick the first time. No, I got no. Either. I had zero me, side effects. No, okay, it was okay. a piece right, of well, cake for me. Shut up. That's another piece of misinformation, though. I was you don't so necessarily get sick. You and I got. You and I got sick both times. I was very. And then you got the health. I got nothing. All right, fine. But but I mean but. But when you're talking about like, you know, who needs it, right? You and I both have some challenges. We've got some health challenges. Yeah, we needed it, right? We needed to do this thing. Absolutely. And, and so I think what you're saying is some powerful truth that people have to hear. If you've got an underlying condition yep. and you know in your heart whether you're in this category or right. not, right? You got to be signing up for this thing. Yeah, you got to get but in it, line. It, raising and your it's hand. not always. It, it's also access. So we. So uh, here, health. With we, in addition to being a tech company, we're also a pharmacy. All right. So we deliver drugs right to the patient's doorstep. We focus oh, nice. on Medicaid and duals. Nice. Yeah. And we focus on social determinants of health. But because we're a pharmacy, uh, we work directly with the centers of disease control because right. we could not get the uh, particular states to give us access to the COVID vaccines. Mm -hmm. So we went to the CDC directly. So we're gonna focus on rural health, urban, and the vulnerable um, underserved populations. And they gave us vaccines, pallets and pallets of vaccines for months now. So in, here in Tennessee, as an example, um, we were just in the Wall Street Journal twice this month, actually. And the Wall Street Journal uh, interviewed a, a gentleman in, um, for a company called Quality Industries. All right. It's in uh, Laverne, Tennessee. And this guy, he's got, uh, 14 hour work days. He's got kids. He, he's, you know, he's got the Burger King job. He's got the quality industries job. He doesn't have time to get the vaccine. So we actually went to quality to industries and we vaccinated the factory workers. Yeah. And so that, that was and, the issue was access. He didn't, he a, couldn't, he couldn't get to a vaccine. I mean, two, it, two great points as we go into a break. One, I love what you're doing with rural. Um, cause as an African-American, I focus a lot on the African-American community, which is underserved. Latino community, when I was out in Arizona, there's not a very high African-American community, but the Latino population and the Native American populations were underserved. Rural white people are also underserved. Yeah. Sure. Same bucket as African-Americans, sure. Latinos, and it's, everything's not about race. People right. make stuff politicized about race. Poor is poor. You there go to you West go. Virginia, not a lot of black people in West Virginia. You go to Eastern Tennessee, not a lot of black people or Latinos in those places, but terrible rates of, of, of yes. illness and, and struggles, drug abuse, getting yeah. into Appalachia. And I think it's important. Those communities need to be served and yes. it's hard to get stuff out to them. That's, that's very important. So I, I love the fact that, that you're, that you're really, really focused on that. I think, I think that that's awesome. Um, I'm going to cut to a break. I want to ask a couple of more questions, um, particularly about uh, getting back into the food insufficiency because I'm trying to figure out how all of this stuff ropes back to, back in to food insufficiency, getting into rural populations, getting to underserved people. So we'll cut to a break. We'll be uh, back with more after these messages. Lance J Show. You're listening to the Lance J Radio Network.
come to see me off. My nephew. Boy, it was always a disappointment. But I treated you like a son. I wasn't made to play the son. But my supply, the good dope. The Greeks, they cool with it. Proposition then. I just step out the way. You'll never hear from me again. I'll just disappear. Joe, you'll be up in mischief in no time. Truth is, you won't be able to change up any more than me. Close your eyes. It won't hurt none. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. James Lewis. Detective Lee found herself inside a suspect's home in Burbank and found a gigantic slide, the department said, adding that the covered car parts were also found. It goes on to say that the Pasco Police Department posted a photo showing a grinning Lee sitting atop of the slide in the child's bedroom with the caption, Detective Lee strikes a pose with the recovered slide. All I want to know is, using my, um, my David Caruso voices, well, Rampage, I wonder if the judge is going to let the perpetrator slide. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon 7, 7 Studios. You don't know me. Probably never will. But I need you to do something for me. Something that could literally change everything. You'll never get a thank you card. And yet, I need you to do it. And if that weren't enough, I need you to do it as soon as you are able to. If you do this for me, I'll do it for you. And for every single person you love. Deal? This is our shot to leave COVID behind. Listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Topics, um, including uh, medication adherence, including social determinants of health. I, I really love what Jason and his organization are doing, getting the, the vaccine out to rural communities, people that don't have access. If you if you're working a, a typical job, you know people like the three of us. We had offices and had teams that report to us. If we had to go and get the vaccine and leave for an hour, we could do that. Yep. But if you're working at a stamping plant in Detroit or driving a bus, you have 30 minutes for lunch if you can't even have that. So you can't you can't go if there's not a place right up the street that's convenient. You you don't have access to do priority. it. And if there's not somewhere that's open on the weekends, 
people are, are working two, three jobs just to survive in COVID. People are taking lower wages because of COVID. And it's not, so it's not just as black and white as, oh, we'll just go to the clinic up the street and get it. It's, it's not, it's not that simple. But David, you wanted to touch, we were talking, uh, uh, you wanted to touch back on on something that we didn't clean up from the last segment. Well, no, I mean it's just you, you said you you were talking about people not trusting. Yeah. And I didn't jump on it because I was thinking. I was thinking about what you were saying. All right. And and I just I want to acknowledge that, right? I think you're saying something important there. That 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 a lot of people don't trust healthcare, and it's and I don't, you know, you, I I don't see that that's or rich, I don't see that it's an ethnic thing. I don't see it. I don't see it as an education thing. Maybe a little bit, but I mean, I I know people that don't trust vaccines that right. are very well educated, right. very wealthy, um, living in some of the you know nicest. Well, parts I mean, you've seen right? as quality leads. We've seen some of the blooper reels. Yeah, we've, we've seen them amputate the wrong leg. I mean, we've seen what? we've seen that's an extreme, but we've seen them leave a sponge in, in the patient. Like we've, we've combed through those records. So my, my that. wife had a surgery. I'm not going to out the surgeon mm-hmm. and I'm not going to out the hospital, but they did something mm-hmm. and they had it documented mm-hmm. that they did the other side of her body. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. And that's, that was like last year. Right. So this is real. It's, you know, I caught it cause right. I'm looking at the charts and stuff right. like that. But you know, you think about like why people don't trust well that would be a good reason why right, right? because real people make mistakes right. okay but That's a you great can point. kind of forgive that real people mistakes, but don't you yeah. don't but don't you think like i can forgive that i'm not upset at right. the hospital i'm not right. upset at the doctor they screwed up they, right. they misdocumented it i don't think it was malicious i think the That's reason that a lot of people struggle when it comes to covid or other health advice is because the same group of people a small number of weeks, months, or years ago, we're telling you something different mm. with the same level of urgency and the same bleeding on it. And mm. you're a complete jerk if you don't do X, right? And then a year later, you're a complete jerk if you don't do Y. Yeah. And, 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 like, and I think people sit at home. Practice, man. Oh, wear the mask or don't wear the mask. Well, you just told right. me to do something different. Right, now you're right. telling me I gotta do this thing. Right. And you're telling me either way, I'm right. like a jerk if I it's didn't It's the lack do of it. transparency. Dude, and, and, and it's, I, I it's okay this to say it's okay to say, hey guys, we're learning this too. Bear with us. We're going to have right. new information every sixty days. Yes. But when you come out and you plant the flag that this is the truth, this is the gospel, and then thirty days later, just this kidding. Is the new gospel. Yeah. And that, unless you're God, yeah, you don't get to plant right. the flag. Yeah. Fauci. Right? The rest of us don't right. get to plant they, the they flag. They all said, don't wear the mask, and they right. came back and a few months back. later. They said, you have to wear a mask or else, and it makes so, them look it's, bad. It's very, it's very hard to reconcile which is the right decision. So I think that's real. I think it's Great real. Point. I don't know how to solve for it, but I just like, for anybody that was listening to you that that resonated with, I just think we owe them the respect of saying, yeah, that's real. That feeling that you have of frustration, right. that's real. Right. It's not just you. And, 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 and it's this patronizing thing, right? Where people feel that they know better than you and mm. they can manipulate you and that's okay. Mm because they're smarter than you. Right. And it's and it's and arrogance is the fundamental problem in healthcare, right? It turns people off. It turns people off. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think I think the arrogance of the messaging on both sides, like you said, James, on both sides, the arrogance of the messaging turned right. people off. Yeah. And that's why we're having the problems we are with COVID. Yeah, because I think so that's a that's a great point and you say both sides. And like I said, you you know, I'm generally apolitical. I don't I don't I don't I don't care what you believe. 
I don't care who you vote for or any of that. I just, I just want people to be healthy. I want people to make common sense sure. decisions. Yeah, health but should on, not be a political but issue. But on, on one side is telling you that wearing masks is stupid and detrimental, and that's just not using common sense. I, right. you know, should you be running around your neighborhood for a jog wearing three masks? Probably not. Should you be wearing a mask in a car by yourself? Probably yeah, not. I saw a lady yesterday wearing but a mask in a car. If you're going into Walmart, like if you're going into Walmart and you're an at-risk person, just common sense says yeah. that you probably wear a mask. It won't kill you to protect yourself more, right? right. Is it a foolproof? Especially if you that, haven't been vaccinated. You, right. If you haven't been vaccinated, just using yeah. common sense, you know. Or respect your fellow, you know, neighbor. I mean, where right. the, where, if you're not going to get vaccinated, at least wear a mask. Right. And, and then the other side at times, you know, at the height this time last year, is basically telling you to stay under your couch, like to never leave the house, to 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 never breathe air and, and just stand in the corner. And and that's detrimental, too. I know so many people that have put on 30, 40 pounds. That's right. That marriages are in peril. That's right. People are depressed. Kids are depressed. That's yep. the thing. My, my significant other is a, is a teacher. Kids being depressed, 11, 12, yeah, people go, that yeah. age depressed because yes. they have no social interactions. Um, right. Too young to really be on the Instagram stuff. Parents don't want them on all of that stuff. Not out playing, not out not out uh, gaining weight, yep. uh, miserable. There just has to, people have to use common sense. It's just common sense says, hey, protect yourself to the best of your ability, um, but don't become a hermit, you know, don't, don't become a hoarder. Don't become a person that, that never leaves your house because that's not, uh, and for some reason we made the decision. I don't, I don't know, David, if it's, it's good for TV ratings, you know, to politicize it. That's what gets eyeballs to the screen. It's, it's business. But, but I think that both extreme schools of thought have been detrimental to, to our society. And, and, and it, 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 it fuels that pain. It fuels that frustration and it right. fuels that distrust. Right. Right. And, and at some point, yeah, you got you to gotta just start telling the truth. Hey, we think you ought to do this. We're not totally right. sure. We're not totally sure. We're not totally sure, okay but we think that. you ought to do this. And you're not, you're not a jerk if, you, if you, you think differently, but we're still going to ask you to do it because we're all trying to do this thing together because we right. think that there's a chance that it might help. Right. And if you go that direction as opposed to we follow the science, these people have no freaking idea what no the idea. science is. Right. They got a talking point on a card that tells them to read, follow the science. Right. I mean, it, like, and so people intrinsically right. mistrust that right. because they know that person's, this, this and, person's ever read a journal article. And definitely life. not taking a shot at Dr. Fauci or Dr. Burks. I mean, these people no. that have worked in healthcare for, for 50 years. But it's just like me and you talk uh, offline. When was the last time Dr. Fauci looked at a medical record? I mean, he's, in a, he's in an administrative role. I mean, he's not, he's not, he's not in the lab with the beaker of doing experiments. I mean, like you said, I mean, a lot of people that are in administrative roles are, are getting talking points. I mean, it's, it's, it's. Well, and, 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 and they're spokespeople, right. Spokespeople, right? Fauci right. is a powerful spokesperson uh, for the public so. health community. Very much so. And so he's got a lot of pressure on him to, to, to yeah. support, you know, you know, the, the, the latest position, the yeah. best, the best thought. Right. And so I'm not, I'm not, you know, castigating Fauci. You know, he, I, I'm sure he's a great guy. Doing the best job he can. Doing the best right. he can. He's doing the best but, he can. But, but, but he's not God. Does, I mean, he doesn't, doesn't know. mean he's right, though. But he doesn't virus, mean right. that these yeah. people are always right. And coming yeah. in a little humble goes right. a long that, way I agree with, with Americans, yeah, right? right? Just think, say, yeah. we, we want you to do this. Right. We're not 100% sure it's going to. Or even say we bleeped up. 
Yo, yeah, that's we, right. We, we, we right. admit no, that you we, screwed up from time to time. We told you to go time. left, yeah. and you probably should have gone right. We we have more information now, and and we could do, we can we could do better. And I think that's yeah. a that's a the great point, um, David. Uh, getting into both you gentlemen, we were talking about is something that's near and dear to my heart. Food insufficiency. How does food insufficiency weave into both of your organizations? Because both of you work in organizations that are are deeply invested in social determinants of health. And I think food insufficiency, we talked about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's that's kind of at the tip of the spear, in in my opinion. Uh, what are what are some of the things that Adair Health is doing um, to work with you know groups that that are that are uh, have more of a panoramic view of, of food insufficiency, other other SDOH type of yeah. programs? Yeah. So when uh, when we so we receive patient data daily. And when we, uh, we integrate that into our platform, but the other thing we also integrate into our platform are the health plan benefits mm -hmm. that are, exist for the patient. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece is community and social services in that local zip code. Right. So we, when our uh, pharmacists uh, uh, or clinicians reach out to the patient to telepharmacy outreach, right. and we talk to that particular patient, they're trained in motivational interviewing to understand what is going on in their world and we already know that they're not taking their medications or they're not taking them adherently. List, right? And so we're trying to figure out what is causing them, what are the other priorities in life? And so we work our way towards, do you have issues with food? Mm. Do you have issues with access? And so if the, if the person says, I have issues with food, we communicate to them um, that uh, within their health plan benefits, they have access to maybe Meals on Wheels or Mom's Meals. There's a great programs out there uh, the other, what was the organization? Um, uh, U.S. Hunger. That's yeah, U.S. Hunger, that's, yeah. Uh, There's great organizations out there that, that will actually deliver food yeah. yep. to the patient's home. Yep. And, and then, uh, and then if, let's say they don't have the benefits or they've already used all their benefits. We use a tool that's called Amp Bertha uh, okay. and uh, integrated to our Adhere platform. And we can type in the specific zip code of that patient. We nice. see all the food pantries nice. and the church organizations that are just in the local community. Uh, and then we can help them get the food into Churches the refrigerator. Are important. And Churches, it really starts there because you don't want food. VFW. You're not taking really care of your health. You're not yeah. taking your. You're not, you can't buy your drugs. You're splitting yeah. pills, whatever the case may be. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's, that's. We had a patient that phenomenal. that didn't have food for her dog. Right. So she was splitting pills, and we found in in our uh, uh, Aunt Bertha tool, we found a, a a place that would give free Purina food. Oh wow. To the, to this person. And then she started taking her drugs. You know, it's funny because um, I have a relative that uh, had some serious health problems. And there's so many organizations out there that help people to get discounted drugs, um, food, just a myriad of things. And people don't know that those organizations are out there. So just to raise awareness, Jason, uh, David, on organizations that truly are helping people is so valuable uh, because some of these some of these drugs are, are extremely expensive can't be afforded by someone who's middle class, working class. But if you can get an 80% discount on it, it, it puts you in, in the ballpark to, to be able to. And sometimes you're over-medicated. Right. Too. That's so other, so what, what does the Deer Health do when that happens? Because I've yeah. seen a lot of that as well. People that are over-medicated, right. you do the reconciliation. They're taking too many drugs. They're at a risk for, for some type of uh, you know deleterious impact from, from drugs. How does Adir Health identify people like that and relay back to the plans that, that they need to pull? 
people off medications. How does that work? Yeah, so if you think about medication adherence, there's three categories. You have patients who never took their first drug. Right. So we see the patient's got epilepsy, doesn't have a drug code. Mm -hmm. You can see they're not taking their drug. Second one is the one we've been focusing on is non-adherence, mm -hmm. which you can see that they're not taking it adherently, called 80% of the year. And the third one is uh, they should be discontinuing a drug. And let's say the best example is, is that patient uh, is on a statin, they get hospitalized, they get discharged, and uh, after discharge, they usually get their first dose from the discharging plan from the, um, the provider in the hospital, mm -hmm. but they may not be aware that they should stop taking the first statin. Now they take two statins. And so what we do is an example is we are using our telepharmacy team, the data we had going into the conversation, we know what the drugs they were on before they got hospitalized, we do have a conversation with the hospital discharging plan nurse upon discharge. And then we talk to the patient and we ask them about the drugs that they're taking. Mm -hmm. And if they understand that the drugs are taking. And we have all the drugs listed in our platform. Mm -hmm. And we have a pharmacist that walks through each individual one. Mm -hmm. And we give them information to say, these are drugs that you, uh, this is contraindicated. You have two drugs that you shouldn't be taking. Right. And then we communicate to the doctor in uh, both a fax and uh, and through the patient with a letter to the patient to right. say here is oh, so a you do send a letter to the patient okay absolutely right. and then we uh, there is a and then of course the health plan case management and if it's a serious issue we're going to go right to uh, the doctor three way phone call mm -hmm. and or a case manager with the health plan and, and fix it right away wow. and so um, and so it's, it's critically important you know post discharge first week or two. That is the highest risk yeah, of being re-hospitalized. The hospital, and right? the beautiful thing, it. though, is is that, and so that's all um, complicated in, in issues, but going back to value-based care, so everyone is on the hook right. on those readmissions. The hospital's on the hook. Mm. They, don't, they have to pay for the readmission right. in the first 90 days or penalties, and they have right. to pay for the readmission. The uh, skilled nursing facilities, 73% of them are failing the readmissions. They're now on the hook for the readmission back to the SNF. And then uh, the health plans are also on the hook, both monetarily, um, the cost, and the star rating. That's a no. That's a that's everyone's a, on the hook for that's readmissions. A, that's a great sixty-four uh, percent of readmissions are caused by medication adherence issues. Wow. We're gonna take one last break, and um, I want to get some information to to reach out to to, to Jason for his organization. We we'll take one last break. We'll be back more on the Lance J Show after these messages. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Sports talk radio justice world, mediocre quarterback play, and porous tackling are considered especially heinous. On the Lance J Show, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad at Paragon 7 Studios. These are their stories. So Jason, where where do we find you? Like if we if we want uh, we know where to find David. But where, where do we find you if, if anyone's listening or interested in hearing more about Adhere Health? Um, where do we find you? And then I know that you have several initiatives. I want to give you a few minutes to, to kind of close and talk about 
some of the stuff you're doing here in, in Nashville, some of the specific campaigns that, that you're involved in. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. And thanks, thanks again for inviting me on the show, James. Oh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so you can go to adherehealth.com. Right. That's adherehealth.com. Um, you can also send me an email directly. It's uh, pretty right. straightforward. It's jason, J-A-S-O-N dot R-O-S-E right. at adherehealth.com. And I'm be happy to chat with you. All right. um, here locally, we, we continue to focus on uh, we, we work with uh, uh, some of the health plans here locally, United Healthcare. We work with their nice. dual um, uh, population here for eight years. We won an award with them for uh, best uh, quality improvement plan in the country. There were five health plans, and they were one of them. Uh, uh, Keith Pyatt is the CEO here, is a great guy. Right. Um, and, um, and so here locally, we're also across the state. We're continuing to focus on the vaccinations and help patients get their medications. Uh, we're working with... Um, uh, Mid-Cumberland Transit Organization to right. who pick up the patients that are homebound and bring them to hubs where we have vaccination centers. Right. Um, we're, we're really focused on getting uh, both urban and rural and yeah. homebound patients vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a it's a big focus of that. And then when we're doing that, by the way, we're not just stopping there. We're also if they have um, a lot of medications that they take, we can also offer our pharmacy sure. at your RX. And uh, they, we allow them to, you know, make a choice to helping them understand why they might want to um, find a way to take their drugs more inherently. So, How great. Um, and it's, it's, great it's really important stuff. Or the community pharmacies. There's lots of great community pharmacies here and independent pharmacies. And we try to help them access those, those pharmacies because... Um, there's probably not a Walgreens in Portland, Tennessee, for example. You know, I or love if Walgreens. there is, there's only one. There may be one, yes. and they can't get to it. You know, yeah. so so it's really to me, it's it's again misinformation, missing information. We try to That's tackle keyword. that. That's keyword. No, great. So so great having you uh, in, Jason. I I just really appreciate you uh, coming in and and talking to us, really explaining. Um, doing such a great job of explaining some of the things that your organization does. Um, so salute to you. You know, we, we appreciate your time and, and energy. Anything to say to, to close this out, David? Any 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 final any parting shots? Yeah, I mean I just I'm gonna go back to food, man. I, I, I think if if you are one of the, the people that are struggling, there's a lot of Americans like you that are struggling with food. And if you're listening to this, you're struggling with food, advocate for yourself, advocate for others. Obviously we care about what's going on in your life. Great message. But uh, advocate, and, and there's a lot of opportunity for health care to do a better job delivering food. Uh, we don't have time to go into them all today, but um, just advocate for yourself. Reach out to your health plans. Ask, you know, can food be part of your benefit? Mm. And uh, some health plans are doing it. Some yep. of our clients are doing it, um, and, and more should be. So That's a great point. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot so much, uh, gentlemen. I hope, I hope you come back. Jason and uh, you know we'll continue to do the series David we, we're getting to where we start taking some calls in and doing Love some it. live shows and taking calls you know I want to uh, uh, connect people in the community that may have questions to individuals like uh, you gentlemen so so thank you so much for your time and and look forward to the next time we get a chance to sit down and talk thanks James. thank you all it's great all right gentlemen that was fun thanks for